Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. But there always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the topic of our last episode, Five Common Hurdles Experienced by New Coaches. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. And if you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Her, aka the Price Whisperer, is an international serial entrepreneur, thought leader, and author in everything pricing and how companies can use pricing to drive higher growth, sales volume, and profits. He's a member of the Forbes Business Council and a sought-after speaker for various conferences, appears regularly on podcasts and business radio shows, and gets routinely quoted in the financial business press. All right, so Per, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you very much, Cindy, for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. Well, I am really looking forward to this topic today. I know a lot of people have a fear around pricing and if they're doing it accurately, are they leaving money on the table or not? Um, but before I get into any questions that I do have for you, I'd love for you to tell me just a little bit more about yourself and how you began working with pricing strategies. Well, the first thing I want to tell, tell you and the audience is that... Um, because I'm a bloody foreigner, I have this weird name that makes perfect sense in my native Sweden, but not so much here in the US. And I was called the price whisperer so many times that I eventually decided to adopt the moniker. I mean, why mm. not? It's a lot easier for, for people to say, and it's, it's a lot easier to find me if you Google the price whisperer and stuff like that. But the reason I got into this is... I had a chance to to run a couple of companies in in Europe, and uh, once I, mo I moved here to the US uh, in the mid '90s to establish and run a division of a fairly large public company, and after that I had another four CEO positions, and in in these instances we did experiments with pricing. Some mm. of those uh, experiments were very successful, meaning that next quarter revenues are up with twenty five 
percent or something like that. Others were complete duds. Mm. And what I had learned in business school and could read about pricing was so theoretical and academic that it didn't help us in any way to understand why some of those experiments worked and others didn't at all. So 15 years ago, I decided I was too old and too opinionated to be a hired gun. So it was time to set up my own shop. And, and I, I took that interest in, in pricing that I've had and developed the process that would make every pricing experiment a success. And it's really based not on academia, but based on what I thought that I would have needed in these various companies I ran, you know? Mm -hmm. so, so that is the backstory. We are currently on project 739. Most companies that we work with uh, received spectacular results. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, I know there's a lot of fear around pricing. You know, people are afraid they're going to price things too high. You know, they want to make sure that they can, you know, maybe undercut their competitors. You know, there's not a lot of training in this area too, especially if someone has just started a business and never even gone to school and had to take, yeah. you know, those required accounting classes or something. So first of all, touch on why do so many companies actually leave money on the table when it comes to pricing? Well, first of all, what they teach you in, in business school, or, or even if you, uh, about pricing is, is completely wrong. Mm. <laughs> That's one thing. And, you know, uh, a center point of this teaching is this demand curve that is a straight line, mm -hmm. right? And we have price on the y-axis and sales volume on, on, on the x-axis. And it tells you that if I change my price just a little bit, or if I increase my price just a little bit, my sales is going to tank. Mm -hmm. And that's completely untrue, right? Mm. So that creates a fear by itself. I speak to mostly CEOs of, of smallish and mid-market companies. And I, what I hear all the time is that if we just increase our prices a single percent, we're going to lose all our business. Mm. That's not so. Now, a real demand curve, uh, if you can envision these traditional demand curves, a real demand curve, almost looked like a normalization curve. I think it's normal curve, normalization curve, something like that. That way, where you actually start, where you, first of all, you have price on the x-axis, you have um, sales volume on the y-axis. And when you start at a very low price, you also have a low sales volume. And that is because the price itself uh, sets an expectation of quality and benefit. Right. And if the price is too low, a lot of potential buyers will say, this is so low, it can't be any good. Right. Uh, this is so low that the company is just over-promising and will under-deliver. Mm -hmm. So they won't buy. And if you further think of that curve with higher prices, you eventually reach a crest where you have mm -hmm. the highest sales volume. And if you go above that in prices, sales volume will drop because it, it becomes too expensive. But mm -hmm. the other thing to, to consider with these curves is that they are jagged. Mm -hmm. they, 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 are jagged. they are stair-stepped. And that is because right. sales volume changes based on price happens in steps. And let me, let me just illustrate that. Just before the pandemic here, I, I spent some time with one of the VPs as, at one of the major uh, computer companies. And he said that they had done some testing. They took this one computer model and they inched up the price a dollar at a time just to see what happened with sales. And they could increase sales $17 with no change whatsoever in sales volume. But if they increased $18, sales just fell through the floor, right? Mm. 
So that means that they just found one of those inflection points that is called price walls, right? And price walls can be mild, meaning that you may you cross over them with your price and you lose 5% of business, or it could be very severe and you lose 50%, right? And that could be measured uh, in advance of, of price changes. And uh, the other thing you get from these curves is revenue model always shows that the price that yields the highest sales volume and the price that yields the highest revenue and the price that yields the highest profits are all, all different, mm, right? True. Where the maximum revenue and maximum profit are always higher than higher sales volume. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think people need to keep in mind that you don't want to just look at the top line revenue, right? You do want to look at profit. So that's an important factor. Let's not just look at how much revenue you can bring in, but are you really being profitable in the long run? That's absolutely true. But having said that, you know, if, if you're underpriced, then I can give you another example of a, a SaaS company, a small SaaS company here in, in the, uh, the LA area. They we worked with them and we discovered that they, they were so underpriced that they could quadruple their prices, mm. uh, which they did over about a nine month period. You know, when I followed up with the CEO, he, I'm using the technical term that he said, well, he said, Per, um, our sales volume increased with 25%. But then also he said, we got rid of the bottom feeders. Mm -hmm. So our tech support costs have gone down with 80%. Right. Mm -hmm. Because right. your price also selects your customers. Very true. You know, mm -hmm. but it's a very common mistake in, in businesses to try to, as much as you can, you know, carefully assess the cost of a product or a service. I mean, I'm, I'm saying this is difficult because the hard cost is easy, but it's very difficult uh, to allocate uh, overhead costs to certain products or services. Mm -hmm. But there's a couple of things that is important here. First of all, setting prices based on cost has nothing to do with the value you deliver, right? right. <laughs> and and it's the value that, that drives uh, what people are willing to pay. And secondly, different industries typically have different rules of thumb. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at old school manufacturing industries, they typically take cost and then they add a margin of 35% or 50%, right? If you do retail, it's typically they double the cost. Um, in some in other industries, you take cost times five or cost times 10 in some cases, right? Mm -hmm. And again, none of these have anything to do with the value that you deliver. Right. Now, there is something else when you think about cost-based pricing, which I think very, very few companies think about, you know? Let's say that you have one of these instances where the cost happened to be $50, Right. And in this particular company, they just doubled the cost to get to the price. So the price is 100. Mm -hmm. Let's then say, so the margin is 50 bucks in dollars. You know, in percent, it's 100 bucks, 100 in dollars, it's 50 bucks. Let's then say that the company is successful in lowering its cost. So suddenly the cost is 40 bucks. That means that the price is 80. So you've done go down in price percentage wise is still hundred percent uplift. Mm -hmm. and suddenly you make 40 bucks instead of 50, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Something not many companies think about, right? Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. So if someone is 
well, whether they're just starting out, maybe they have to figure out their prices, or maybe it's a company that's been in existence for a long time, but they're thinking, okay, I need to analyze the prices that I'm offering. Like, what should they be doing to make sure that they are pricing everything correctly, including considering the value, not just, like you said, cost times two or whatever they're using yeah. as a calculation? Well, I developed a process um, uh, when I when I started my own company here. And uh, what we do in that process is that we do willingness to pay research. So mm -hmm. we go out in the marketplace with an online poll. And from a series of questions, uh, we can understand exactly how this marketplace of, of one of our customers value uh, the product or service and how they, uh, they equate that value to price. And that's just, and from that we can predict sales volume, revenue and profits um, with great accuracy at different price points. So, mm -hmm. so that's the first thing to get the price right. Um, but then the other thing, but this is for established companies, right? But we also do uh, segmentation. So we, we can segment customers telling our clients, these are the most desirable customer segments because they are willing to pay the highest prices. We do the same with product features and functions. These, these features or service features, uh, these drives the highest willingness to pay and again, support higher prices. These mm -hmm. are the marketing channels, the marketing messages, the sales channels, the sales methodologies that support higher prices. Finally, of course, we can generate a price um, recommendation that minimize sales friction and again, maximize revenue or profits. But of course, our services cost money, you know, so just to give you some examples, companies we worked with earlier this year, one company we took from 200 million to 250 million, and it took us three weeks, right? Oh, wow. Um, another company uh, we took from 15 million to 35, and it took us six weeks. Mm -hmm. And this is just because they were so underpriced. Mm -hmm. But if you're, if you're starting off or if you're a, a very small company or a solopreneur and, 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 and so forth, uh, one way of doing this, at least get it in the right ballpark, is, is to do the following. Go out and find at least 25 potential buyers. These are not your current customers. They are not your current prospects, right? And you describe your product or service and the specific benefits that, that it has. And then you ask them two questions. One question is, and the phraseology here is very important. One question is, now when you know what we do and the value that we deliver, what is the price that you think is so low you wouldn't buy it because you think that we're overpromising, mm -hmm. right? And then let's look at the other side of it. Assuming now that we will over deliver and benefits will be even greater than you think they are, what is the price that is still too expensive, mm -hmm. right? And then you take the average of those two points and, and you have the range of where your mm -hmm. prices should be. Not below right. this, not above that, mm -hmm. right? And, and obviously you wanna put your prices towards the higher end of that because that's gonna give you the higher revenue. If you talk to 25 people, it's not really scientific, but it's highly indicative. Right. Um, if you're starting off and you can't find um, 25 potential buyers, then you have bigger problems than pricing, right? <laughs> so, um, exactly. Uh, and, but if you can find 25, and if you continue to do this until you talk to 100 people, maybe, and you can do this online, of course, you know, mm -hmm. um, 
or if you're selling some consumer goods you know go go and scurry your your local starbucks and say can i also i did some market research can mm -hmm. can i ask you a couple of questions right can do this to 100 people then you can start to see patterns you know maybe again if we're talking cons consumer goods maybe you find that one gender is willing to pay a little have a higher range than another gender maybe you find out that a particular application leads to higher range than another one and so forth and and you can start to see some some level of path that allows you to to focus your company mm -hmm. so what about somebody that has like a recurring fee every month, right? It's not someone who's just coming and buying something. It's like a one-time purchase and they may come back periodically to buy something and you raise the price and they're just paying the new price. But if someone has maybe an ongoing fee every month with somebody, do you recommend that they maybe just change the prices for somebody new coming in or maybe just do a smaller increase for their current clients and then the newer ones get the new price? Like, how would you suggest that they make those changes? Well, first of all, best practice, if you like, is to do small price changes every six months or every every 12 months, you know? When you do small price changes like, uh, you know, one, two, three, four percent, people don't really notice, right? And it doesn't make a big difference, you know, the first year, but as this is compounding, it makes a big difference. If you look at any company, the, the resulting profitability comes from only three variables, right? It's the, it's the total cost of the operation, it's the total sales of the operation, and it's the total price of whatever you sell, right? And of those three, if you, and I have this thing that I call the 1% challenge. And if, so you do a thought experiment and you, you, you think about if I can increase my sales with 1%, how does that affect profitability? Well, mm -hmm. for the average company, profit goes up with three and a half percent. That's of course, because both costs goes up and revenue goes up. If you, on the other hand, can lower your cost with 1%, profitability goes up with five and a half percent. For the average company again and of mm -hmm. course no company is average so it's all individual <laughs> but if you can increase your price with one percent or decrease your discounting with one percent profitability goes up 11.3 percent hmm. right because it works on the top line <laughs> it is very mm -hmm. simple right. you know now i said i call this the one percent challenge and the particular challenge portion of this is have you ever failed to change anything 1%, right? Of course not, <laughs> you know? But it, imagine that, that um, you, you realize, and actually on, on, on our company's website, we have a little calculator where you can plug in your, your current cost and your current revenues, and so it calculates the, the, the profits. And then you do a 1% change there in pricing, and you see how much more money you're going to make, right? The beauty of this is that when you start looking at, at, at prices and, and resulting revenue like this, a lot of things are going to change in the company. The salespeople, maybe they're allowed to, to, to discount 15% to close a deal. They're suddenly only going to be allowed to, to discount 10%, right? Um, you're going to look at your, your product offering and you're going to say, can we charge extra for this? Are we giving away this service to our product that we can charge extra for? Can we unbundle? A few years ago, Apple is, of course, is one of the, one of the companies who are excellent when it comes to delivering value to their clients, but also capturing value. 
um, a few years ago, they unbundled the accessories to the iPhone. So suddenly it didn't come with a charger. It didn't come with a charging cable. It didn't come with um, earbuds anymore, right? You had to buy all of this separate. And I did sort of a back of a napkin um, calculation, assume just guessing how many would buy a charger, how many would buy any of these accessories. And my conclusion was that that would generate about four and a half billion dollars in additional revenue. Hmm. Right. Wow. Yeah. So it, it changes the mindset. And I have a new book out also called The Price Whisper. And, and one of my teachings is to put pricing as a centerpiece in your business, um, overall business strategy, because it changes so much. Mm-hmm. And in preparation for the launch of that book, I reached out to uh, some prior clients and, and, you know, I sent them a review copy and I said, can you please say something nice, you know? And, and one guy, Jim and Eric, he came back and he said, well, Per, you helped us grow from about a hundred million to way over a billion. So thank you mm-hmm. very much. You know, and that was not only the actual pricing levels of the, of the product they're selling, but um, that pricing became a centerpiece in their organization. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Well, I know we're probably having time for one more question. And one of the things that I'm thinking of as you're talking to is obviously we're looking at inflation, you know, there's potential recession, you know, there's a lot of conversations back and forth about all of this happening right now. And so with inflation, obviously costs are going up. um, And so theoretically we would be looking at raising our prices, but some are also concerned if I'm raising my prices again, then I'm losing, you know, clients. So where do they take into consideration Yes, inflation is increasing your costs. You may need to even increase your own costs, but then again, potentially losing out on business because someone now maybe can't afford it. So what do you recommend with the current situation? Well, there, there's two ways of looking at this. First of all, if, if your cost is increasing, the cost of your competitors are also increasing, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you have two choices here, either to <clears throat> raise the price and preserve your margins, right? Like many companies have done now as we, I mean, we've been in inflation for, for almost a year, I believe. Some companies have done is that they, they've taken this inflation opportunity to raise the prices of twice that of inflation, you know, so they have some headroom, right? Mm-hmm. And um, is that ethical? Uh, maybe, maybe not, you know, but it's certainly illegal. And, and so you have to raise your price to serve your margins. Those of your competitors who don't do that, don't raise their price to preserve margins, they are obviously going to have margin pressure. It means that they are going to have to eventually cut their costs. Mm-hmm. It means they have lost the ability to compete effectively because they need to cut uh, their marketing spend. They need to cut their, their product development spend. They need to cut staff and so forth. So on one end, look at this from that inflation becomes and and increases in cost in general, uh, Mm -hmm. becomes the tide that raises all the boats, right? Right. And and if it doesn't raise your boat, because there's a big hole in the bottom, you know, uh, you're going down with the boat, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Very true. Good way to look at that. And I know this topic, there's so much information. We've just barely, you know, scratched the surface, but I know we are running out of time. So I do want to ask if you have an offer 
that you would like yeah. to share with the listeners and how they can connect with you if they have further questions. The best way of finding me, my company and so forth is simply to do a Google search for the Price Whisper. And I do have an offer there. I have a pricing masterclass on the site. These are 19 ep video episodes that covers everything anybody ever needs to know about pricing. And, and it's, it comes from the practical experience I have, not from academia, right? Mm -hmm. The offer is that uh, I charge for this. The price is, is $950. Uh, but if you use a coupon, a uh, coupon code uh, that is fall 2022, you get a 20% discount. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure the listeners will appreciate that because it sounds like it's a very valuable class that you offer. Uh, so yes. thank you for sharing that. Well, thank you. Well, I do appreciate your coming on today, sharing your expertise on this topic. And, you know, I'm sure listeners appreciate your time as well. Thank you so much. And, and I, I hope this was, um, um, this was valuable for the, for the listeners. I am mm -hmm. sure it is. And I actually do want to thank the listener as well. I hope that you uh, found this topic interesting and that answered some of your questions on how to gain pricing power. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to find Pear through his uh, search that he mentioned on the Price Whisperer, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. I hope you can join us for our next episode. Stop waiting to turn your freedom vision into a reality. Please remember you can also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. You can find the podcast on multiple favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And would you please share our show with those you know and leave a review on your favorite platform? I'd really appreciate your support. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next time. Have a terrific day.